Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. we got a loaded show for you here today, talking Broncos OTAs, lessons learned so far, as well as quarterback progress and how Big Fan Joe's going to handle the preseason battle between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And we'll close the show with some talk on Bryce Callahan's role in the defense this year, as well as some Avs and Broncos comparisons. Avalanche, of course, in the playoffs right now after being bottom of the barrel a few years ago. So, Ryan, we'll start off with nuts and bolts football talk. Uh, I know we haven't been able to watch much of OTAs, but through five, going on six here as of this recording, what do you learn? What, what are the big takeaways? Yeah, you know, I had that snoring sound last week as a response, and, and it, it, it's appropriate again, and, and it's nobody's fault. Um, and it's a first-world problem, but you know, as I've told fans who've tweeted me and emailed me, different, different kind of OTAs this year. Um, we've been allowed to attend two of the first six. They have, not run, they have not run one snap of 11 on 11. You say, okay, why is that important? Here's why it's important. Depth chart revealed itself. It's not the final depth chart, but... You can see, okay, what do they think? You know, who's your second and third offensive line? Who are your rotational guys at linebacker? Who's your nickel and dime package guys? You know, who do they want to get a look at the most? And then you can, you know, quarterbacks, you can split the snaps down the middle. You can keep track of those. So, you know, this past Monday, they did run passing drills. I mean, you know, seven on seven, six on five, something to that extent. But they threw it on every down. And I think Pat Sertan is their best corner right now. Uh, that's that's my already first, yeah that's my first takeaway. Um, he's around the football a lot. You know the cynic and the cynic says, well, what does that mean for the quarterbacks? Well, we'll get to them later. But um, I think he just moves with a fluidity, and his football IQ he can break on break on the ball because he knows what's coming. Uh, on offense, I thought it was a rough day for the quarterbacks on Monday. Yeah, I don't put too much stock into it. There was no pass rush. They were told, hey. If your first, second read's not there, you're going to throw it, even if it takes five seconds, six seconds, whatever. So, um, you know, Jerry Judy looked good. We'll talk about him in another podcast coming up. But uh, the main takeaway for me to sum it up for this OTA season, it's a lot about nothing. Uh, and maybe that'll change in week three and week four of the offseason. I sure as heck hope it does. And in, at least in terms of injuries, Broncos staying pretty healthy. Minor injury to Baron Browning, but beyond that, no big ones, right? Yeah, KJ Hamler uh, tweaked a hamstring. To me, that's a concern because that's what he fought last year, right? And, multiple times. And this is this is a player whose game is predicated on speed. To run fast, you need good hamstrings, and. You hope this is not a chronic problem, but you know when Vic says, "Well, we're just holding them out to be cautious." You know, if this was a game week, he probably wouldn't be playing. Um, you know, he was slowed down in training camp last year. He missed a. That yeah, was with a hip. Yeah, right. a hamstring issue as well. Uh, so, to me, you know, if I'm the Broncos, I take a look at okay, what did you know? What is the process that they've taken with KJ Hamler to to keep him healthy? Now you got to get them healthy. So that means more reps for the other receivers. You know, Browning, they're being very you know, vague about, you know, lower leg sustained in rookie camp. I had heard maybe it was during phase two, so after rookie camp. Uh, whatever, it gives Dust Justin Stern out a lot of reps as a nickel-dime coverage man. First Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman talking Broncos, OTAs, etc. So you touched on the quarterback situation and – 
We haven't been able to glean much so far, obviously, especially with no 11-on-11 sessions. But Vic had some interesting comments about how he's going to handle that battle, especially in the preseason. It sounds like these guys obviously are going to be playing quite a bit. Yeah, and it's a 180-degree shift from Vic's philosophy two preseasons ago. I mean, last year there was a one. Uh, in 2021-2019, they played five preseason games. Joe Flacco, most of the starting offense, uh, played in uh, – two and a half of those you know the equivalent of two games yeah games two games games two and three they sat out everything else I think Vic looks at that as an 0-4 start so his team wasn't ready to go they weren't sharp enough that said this is a different scenario you got to have a quarterback competition between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke if you're going to give both guys a fair chance you have to play them with the starting offensive line then you can evaluate who's a better fit uh keep in mind they got three preseason games um First one, I mean, do you put them out there for a, a two series apiece? Do you ramp it up? To me, I would want that decision to be made entering the third preseason game, which is August 28th against the Rams, uh, because I do think that needs to be a little bit of a fine-tuning rehearsal, everybody on the same page, because then you'll play again until September 12th against the Giants. So what does that mean for snap counts? I mean, Vic alluded to it. He, he's alluded to this before is he did a semi-study. Veteran <laughs> quarterbacks played more rookie quarter younger quarterbacks who needed the time didn't play at all well to me uh that he's referring to jared goff and mitch trubisky say that five times fast uh goff his last couple preseasons rams didn't play at all trubisky with the bears two years ago preseason didn't play at all as vic said the younger guys need those reps and particularly when you have a young quarterback in lock and a new quarterback in teddy uh so you know, is it 15 apiece the first game? Is it 20 apiece the second game? You know, uh, for us, it's great. You know, play those guys. And, 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 and the results will reveal who they should pick at quarterback. Well, like you said, you want to have this situation nailed down by the time you go into that third preseason game. But to me, I mean, those first two preseason games, like you said, they're splitting series, reps, whatever. But I, I believe you got to give each guy a chance to settle in with some drives, you know, consecutive drives, maybe even play the whole half, whatever, because this whole quarterback carousel, that doesn't mimic what's going to go on in an actual game. Yeah. And you, you, I think you got to see these guys. Does Drew Locke come out with a chip on his shoulder, you know, as that game one preseason starter and have a great first half and maybe put Teddy Bridgewater out there for game two to start? Yeah, and I think I think, I think think they're both going to get one start apiece. I think in the interest of fairness, right. you know, and NFL is not fair, but if you want to give both guys a shot, that makes sense. You know, as we're talking this out, you know, uh, what I'm interested in is, does Vic take it to the third game? Does he make that one the final uh, final piece of evidence? I, I, Maybe you, know, you need that. Possibly, you know, especially, especially, you know, here's the other thing to consider. Let's say the offense is struggling in those first two games, which is entirely possible because I don't expect to see a lot of Cortland Sutton. You shouldn't at least see a lot of Cortland Sutton at all, so that'll impact the passing game. Albert O will be limited. That impacts the passing game. So maybe it does, maybe Vic does carry it to that Rams game and said, hey, you guys got three series apiece or two series apiece. I'll make the decision. And then you got two weeks to work in practice with the starting group. So uh, I, think that'll be, I think that'll be crystallized as you get closer to camp. Again, folks, first Norwich podcast, head to denverpost.com slash Broncos. 
for continued coverage of OTAs and mandatory mandatory minicamp coming up here shortly. So shifting the focus here now to the Broncos secondary. And as you wrote about this week on DenverPost.com, Ryan, even with a lot of the additions in the Broncos uh, secondary, Bryce Callahan still is going to have a big role. Now, last year, he was having a pretty good season, got derailed by injury. And then the Broncos, as you fans know, Lots of shifting in that secondary, bringing in Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller via free agency, drafting Pat Sertan at number nine overall. They still got Michael Jamudia, uh, Singh Bassey coming back from the injury he suffered last year. So what does that mean for Bryce Callahan? Well, Vic Fangio said, hey, don't forget about this guy. Yeah, and we shouldn't. Uh, when the Broncos put out their behind-the-scenes draft video in the, in the auditorium after they made the Sertan pick, George Payton, the GM, looked at that the coaches said, got you, got you another corner. Well, that's what they needed. They didn't want a repeat of last year where they just ran out of bodies. As, as Vaughn was said, we were scrapping for corners last year. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> they're going, I mean, there are other teams' practice squads, the waiver wire, et cetera. They were playing Will Parks as their nickel. He's a safety. Uh, so I think the, the Broncos realized they needed to build that because over the course of a 17-game schedule, there are going to be, there is going to be attrition. Uh, what I asked Vic and I thought was pretty insightful on his part was in his career when he's played dime, which is six defensive backs, has he been a four-corner two safety or a three-and-three guy? He says absolutely a four-corner two safety guy. He couldn't do that last year. He didn't have the bodies. That's where you bring in Bryce Callahan. Uh, Hopefully. Because Callahan, Callahan, you know, one of the big things he said, right, He's been trying to play a full season for a while now, and 2019 missed all of that to a foot to a foot injury. Then last year shut down for the final five games. That was probably part of also, like you said, stacking the cornerback room is natural attrition and historical attrition here, with especially in regards to Callahan and his injuries. I think a little bit. I, I, if if Callahan goes down, I'm, I'm interested to see who's there, who plays against the slot receiver. But I think Bryce is. They're going to make sure Bryce gets to the starting line. When he makes the finish line, he's proven he has been unable to do that. Uh, that's, so that's a camp camp thing for me. Bassey can play the nickel, but he's coming off his ACL. He's not full go yet. Right. I talked to him the other day. He says he's making progress on the right track. Um, on the right track for you know, coming back this year. But yeah, yeah definitely the regular season. Um, you know, Uji Moody, I think, is going to be the odd man out. Um, he'll be maybe your, your game day inactive. But if you go a dime with four corners – you can play um, Fuller, Darby, Sertan, and Callahan with Jackson and Simmons. That's a pretty good start because then you go Chubb, Miller, Harris, Jones, and then one inside linebacker, maybe a Justin Sternad or a Baron Browning. Okay, that that should be a pretty decent pass defense. But with Bryce, he was having a he was their best player when he got hurt last year. You know, so he had two interceptions. He didn't give up a touchdown or man coverage. He, he's a physical player. He had 42 tackles and, what, 600-plus snaps. So, you know, this is, you know, Bryce is aware this is the last year of his contract. He's not going to get big money anywhere anymore. But if he can stay healthy, he'll be able to carve out a niche here or somewhere else because he can play against the, the slot receiver. First Norwich podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman. We'll close the show with some cross-sport talk here, as we often do. No, we won't be talking about the hapless Rockies. Save that for another time. How about those Avalanche? And, Ryan, you've been covering the team in their Stanley Cup playoffs run so far. What are your impressions of 
how they were, they were able to go from bottom of the barrel, worst record in the league, what, through four years ago? Yeah. To now a front-running contender for the Stanley Cup trophy. Uh, can the Broncos take any lessons from that? They can, but they won't. And here's where uh, this is why I brought up this as a topic is the Avalanche freely admitted re- they're rebuilding four or five years ago. Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, top 10 picks. Kale Bacar, top five pick. Bo Byram, who is sort of an extra guy but a future defenseman. They got him in the top five because of a trade with Ottawa. Broncos will never admit, will never commit to rebuilding. But, you know, football is a different sport. But you build championship teams with top five, top ten picks. And that, to me, that's, that's, the, that's, a, that's a route the Broncos, the, the Broncos won't go because of their tradition. and their, okay, The tanking route. Yeah, yeah. And so they're not going to be like the Jaguars? Well, the Jaguars, I don't think, tanked on purpose. <laughs> and at least when I was an expert there. on, on yeah. Jaguars, too. But, so. but you look at, okay, what are the Jets doing? I think they're right. – look at what Houston's doing. It's a subtle tank uh, because they want to build draft picks and get in position to get a franchise quarterback. You know, basketball – it's to be, basketball to me is free agents, and you get lucky. Jokic was a second round pick. Jamal Murray, not a not a lottery pick. I'm not. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. So, you know, to draft and develop. So if the Broncos, I mean, if they were really going to go all in on, which it would be, you know, the the mafia, the mafia would not like it. They would not get it. They want to. They think this is a Super Bowl contender. But it just shows you the different sports and also the Avalanche's commitment to saying, hey, the only way to get better is you got to bottom out. And that's what they did. And to their credit, they drafted well, they developed well, and that top line of Ranton and McKinnon and Atlantis guy are all in-house draft picks, all developed by their coaching and scouting and, and development staff. So uh, that shows you the difference maybe in the NHL compared to the NFL. So Avs taking a 2-0 series lead with a win on Wednesday night in overtime at the can, I'll call it. Well, I sure as heck ain't calling it Ball Arena. Well, I knew you weren't. You still call it Mile High Stadium, which I give you props for. But uh, let's close the show. From our resident Avs expert here, are they going to make a run? Are they going to win the cup? No, uh, they're, they're definitely in position because I thought this was going to be their toughest series. I mean, it's, they're only, it's up 2 nothing. I just don't see them losing four times in five games, which is what it will take for Vegas to win in seven. Um, so as me and Mark Kizzle are walking out of the can late Wednesday night, they say, hey, get a split in Vegas, come back to Denver, wrap it up in five. Get some rest because Winnipeg and Montreal, your next opponent, could be beating each other senseless for the next two weeks. So that's that's what you need is to, to, to win a cup is you need a short series or two. I already saw the end of that Winnipeg Montreal game, and then the guy oh. getting carted off. So, well, and that's Winnipeg's best player, Mark Shifley. He's going to be suspended for that, even if it's two or three games. So that changes the complexion of that series. First Orange Podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. DenverPost.com slash Broncos. And hey, if you like the Avs talk, DenverPost.com slash Avs. All kinds of good coverage there with the playoffs going on. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Until next time, folks. Take it easy.